This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerk, and as always, I'm your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. It's been a big few days for yours, truly. I went to the mountains of North Carolina, had a fucking blast, came home, watched some WWE main event, watched some Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament, and of course, I sat down and watched AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT, The Wednesday Night Wars, and as always, I ranked every single match from both shows from worst to first, but I gotta say, AEW Dynamite, best AEW Dynamite I have seen I think maybe at least the top two. I think there's that one dynamite where they had Butcher and the Blade versus Young Bucks, and they had a few other matches that just straight killed it. I would say that's my favorite dynamite ever, but this is my second favorite dynamite ever. My favorite NXT since the Wednesday Night Wars. Both shows were on fire. Unfortunately, both shows' ratings were down, but people were watching the face-off, as they called it, the American presidential debate. Not me. I'm watching wrestling. And for the purposes of this podcast, I hope you guys are watching wrestling too. Or don't watch wrestling and just listen to me talk about it. I don't mind either way. But let's jump in to the matches from the Wednesday Night Wars. Number 12 out of 12, believe it or not, Kenny Omega, bottom of the list versus Sonny Kiss. It was a... Uh, somewhat of a controversial match here. Joey Janela exposed to somebody who tested positive for coronavirus, so he was pulled two hours to go into AEW Dynamite starting, but Omega took um, the change in stride and ran all the way up and knocked Sonny Kiss the hell out right at the beginning. Number 11, Baker and King, number 10, Moon versus Jesse King, not the same King, didn't pull a Rick Rude here on this night, Bronson Reed versus Theory, number 9, number 8, Hangman versus Colt Cabana, number 7, Drake and Dane versus Everize, Everize with the victory, Wild to see Wardler versus Jungle Boy number six and number five Thatcher versus Andrew. I love this whole thing where it was uh, Thatcher doing his uh, catches catch can uh, school that he's been doing the vignettes he's been doing and then that led into a match with Young Andrew coming up out of nowhere just wrestled on two five live for the first time he ain't taking it anymore you gotta love that shit number four Koshida versus Siampa versus Dream they killed it number three the fatal four way match main event for AW Dynamite number two El Phantasma and the gang versus Swerve, Adonis, and Atlas. Number one, Pentagon and Phoenix. And I'm realizing the main event of NXT isn't on here, but I'm going to have to say that's number two right under Penta and Phoenix. Go out of your way to watch all these matches. These two shows killed it this week. 
they kill it every week, but particularly good shows this week. Um, what was making a lot of news on Twitter and other social media platforms I saw was the dinner that Chris Jericho and MJF had. It was hilarious. Um, the breaking out in song. I, I have been a server. I've been a bartender. So I know these type of people that would act this exact way. Of course, not break out in song, but, uh, kind of one up each other with what they're eating. Not really, uh, trying to talk to you in any kind of particular nice way at all to show off that they can just be a jerk. So I thought it was hilarious. They played into a real-life scenario that everyone's seen. People have seen these type of people in a restaurant. Hopefully you haven't been this type of person in a restaurant, but everyone knows the type of person that acts this way in a restaurant. Plus, you played into two things that they are naturally good at. Chris Jericho, a metal singer with Fozzie. MJF has his uh, show tunes background. He even sang on the Rosie O'Donnell show as a kid. So you took an aspect of them, of their you know talents in real life, and you brought it into the show in a creative way that no one was expecting. Very creative, very awesome. I was cracking up the whole time. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I love reading all the takes online. Every Thursday, I go on and I see all these people say, WWE fans say this, WWE fans say that. Maybe all those WWE fans don't follow me because I only see people complaining about the complaints. I don't ever see the initial complaints, but I digress. Go out of your way and watch these shows. The ROH Pure Title Tournament in full swing right now. We got the final matches of the semi-final round or the final matches of the second round uh, this week. Fred Yehi versus Tracy Williams, former catchmate partners here. They did the catch point handshake. Todd Sinclair calling the action. He gives Yehi a rope break right off the bat, neck and neck here in the early going. And then all of a sudden, Fred Yehi uses his second rope break He's getting a little frustrated with Sinclair, but he definitely understands where Sinclair is coming from. After a few deep breaths, exploder by Yehi. Tracy using his rope break. Butterfly suplex by Williams. Williams staying on him here. German by Yehi. He keeps going after Williams bringing him down, adjusting his grip. Another German stomps on Williams' foot here. Big knee, one, two. Williams kicks out. And then he Williams uses his second rope break to kick out of the, the pin attempt. William goes for a cross face, goes for a pin, one, two. Yehi kicks out, gets the cross face applied at the 10-minute mark. Yehi connects with a submission here of his own Tracy uses his final rope break here three rope breaks gone from Tracy Williams multiple pin attempts from both men huge forearm by Williams battle up top DDT off the top rope Yehi's head hitting the top turnbuckle. I thought that was pretty suave. The announcers say that that's a staple move from Tracy Williams. I've seen a few Tracy Williams matches myself, but I have never seen that move. I thought that shit was sick as fuck. One, two, Yehi 
kicks out, uses his last rope break. So the final minutes here, no one has a rope break. Yehai tries to use a rope break, but he can't do anything to get Tracy Williams off of him. Sinclair can't do anything to get Williams off of Yehai. Williams tied up in the ropes. Tracy tying him up in the ropes. Yehai can't do anything but tap out. And Tracy Williams moves on to face Jay Lethal in the semifinal rounds of this tournament. God damn, do I love this tournament. Every match has been good so far. This match was a standout from all the matches. These guys can kill it. They've been waiting to kill it. You've seen them in Evolve. You've seen them in other indies. Here they are in Ring of Honor. And it's like they've been waiting years to showcase what they can do. And here they are showcasing what they can do. Go out of your way and watch this match. Catch point handshake at the end of the match. Super cool to see. Shane Taylor. And EC3 getting into each other's faces between the matches here. And none other than the Briscoes come to save EC3. It was a three-on-one verbal attack, but it was about to be a three-on-one physical attack if the Briscoes didn't step up. I think we're going to see a six-man tag when the bubble shows get on their way. I'm super interested in these bubble shows. I'm probably going to talk about it here on this podcast too. Let me know in the comments below if you want me to talk about these bubble shows. But right now, I'm going to talk about Josh the Goods Woods versus PJ Black, the final match of the second round of the Pure Title Tournament. It was all Woods in the early going here. Woods taking down PJ, staying on him. PJ gets momentums, but Woods cuts him off. Neck and neck. Josh just tosses him to the floor. PJ uses his rope break, and Woods stays on him, going after the leg. PJ uses his second rope break. Only one left here. PJ misses a dropkick. Woods locks in another submission. All Woods here at the 10-minute mark. PJ trying to pick up the pace can't do it second rope elbow by pj top rope double axe handle by pj cross body by pj roll up one two no black looks good here uh goes after the legs of woods woods gets out of that uh pj lands an elbow bridging german one two black kicks out woods looks at the at the ankle lock applies the ankle lock pj black taps out i was surprised by this but it looks like they're putting all their eggs in the josh woods basket here he goes on to face jonathan gresham in the semifinal round that match is going to be pretty good these final four men man josh woods versus gresham Jay Lethal versus Tracy Williams. I want to see Gresham versus Jay Lethal, but the way that they're strapping the rocket to Woods, I wouldn't be surprised if Woods wins the whole damn thing. Lethal and Gresham have the tag team titles. You need to give something to Woods to kind of grab a hold to, and I think that it could be this pure championship. I'm going with Woods winning the whole thing, And he might do it underhandedly. Who knows? You know he has Silas Young in his corner, probably feeding him shit in his ear, telling him how he should cheat. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens there with that. Then you would have a tag team feud with Silas Young and Josh Woods versus Gresham and Lethal. You could go tons of different places with it, with Woods with that title. And that would give him something to uh, sink his teeth into in these bubble shows. So right now, final four, I'm going Woods taking the whole thing 
Big weekend for pro wrestling. You got UFC. You got Bound for Glory. You got Hell in the Cell. We're going to be talking about our predictions for that a little bit later. But as you guys know, we love to dive into the indies on this show, on Curtain Jerkin. And that's what we're going to do here. I decided to watch Heavy Metal Texas Grand Prix Series Week 3. Why did I wait till Week 3? I don't know. It was a nice, easily digestible one-hour show. It was filmed in a shitty room that appeared to be in a mall and it had AJ Gray the guy who tested positive for COVID that was on a show with Joey Janela which is why Sonny Kiss wrestled Kenny Omega on Dynamite so here is I don't know when this was taped but here is AJ Gray wrestling here possibly exposing all seven people in the audience to COVID I hope they're all getting tested I hope this was filmed before the positive test and I hope he's doing well But the curtain jerker, the match we're going to talk about here on this show, Ruben Steele versus Tommy Bolton. Before we get into that, I love the hilarious old school 80s metal feel to the start of the show. Really cool to see. But let's dive into the curtain jerker of the show, Ruben Steele versus Tommy Bolton. Big chop battle here. Brawl on the outside. Bolton using a chair to hit... Uh, steel with steel getting thrown into the guardrail and on top of the apron one two steel kicks out big strike battle here for days here both working snug as fuck huge chair shot chair shots by bolton super kick by steel neck and neck both men down but when it was all said and done one two three robin steel or ruben steel win the matchup here um Honestly, I watched this last night, and I have to read over my notes. I don't remember any of this stuff happening. Chocolate Poppy, I remember this guy. He was hilarious, versus Jackson Stone. Poppy cramping up here at the early going. I thought he was funny as fuck, um, but it was a, a snug as fuck knee and a spear. A Death Valley driver, one, two, no. Then... Jackson Stone hits a, uh, it was called a Judge of Character, which is pretty much like a Styles Clash turned into a sit-down powerbomb. One, two, three. He gets the victory. Uh, Jasmine Allure versus Vert Vixen. Allure taps out. And then AJ Gray versus Great Scott. Uh, the announcers mentioned that AJ Gray is number 63 on the PWI 500. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot higher than I would expect him to be at, but he's been killing it this year. He wrestled four times in one day a few weeks ago and won all four matches, but he was no match for Great Scott here. There was a really low ceiling in the room that this show took place on, and Great Scott, this is his home promotion, I feel like, because he hit some brass knuckles in the ceiling. In the ceiling tile, he pushed up, grabbed the brass knuckles, knocked AJ Gray the hell out. One, two, three, ref didn't see it. I hope everyone's okay. I hope uh, AJ Gray has a speedy recovery. He says he tested negative three times, and then it was the fourth time he got tested. He had a positive come up. He is claiming that it might have been a false positive. I hope he is correct. Because he needs to get back to action as soon as possible and avenge himself against Great Scott here. How the hell did he get knocked out by these brass knuckles? Why didn't the ref see it? Why didn't 
these seven fans that were in attendance at this show tell the ref, hey, he knocked him out with some brass knuckles. We all saw it. Don't you see the ceiling tiles off a little bit? Where do they get these refs at Heavy Metal Wrestling? I'm just fucking around, guys. It was a great one-hour show. If you have the time, go out of your way and watch it. I don't have to tell you guys to go out of your way and watch Bound for Glory or Hell in the Cell this weekend. Those are two giant wrestling shows. We're going to talk about them next curtain jerking, but for now we're going to I'm going to give you my predictions for both shows. Starting with Bound for Glory here. We're looking at the matches uh, the first match, AC Romero versus Alicia Edwards versus Cody Diener versus Brian Myers versus Havoc versus Heath versus Hernandez versus Larry D versus Rhino versus Tyler Valkyrie versus Tanel Dashwood versus Tommy Dreamer versus To Be Determined. There's another motherfucker they haven't named on this match yet. Holy hell. I guess this is a gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah. Call your own shot gauntlet match. Inner gender. I'm going to go with Cody Diener because he was nice enough to accept an interview from me a few years ago. So uh, he's getting the uh, the sympathy nod here. I don't know who the hell is going to win this match. Maybe Heath. I know he's new to the company. Uh, Tanel Dashwood is a, probably the biggest star, I would say. Maybe Rhino or Tommy Dreamer. Hernandez in this match? I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Jesus Christ. AC Romero, love him as well. Hard to predict this one, but let's just give the nod to old Cody Diener. Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock with Sammy Callahan in Ken Shamrock's corner. Uh, you gotta say Eddie Edwards, man. Ken Shamrock is on the twilight of his career. He's getting elected. He's getting into the Hall of Fame coming up here shortly. So uh, you can't have a... a Guy who's already in the Hall of Fame beat one of your big stars. Eddie Edwards has got that. EC3 versus Moose. EC3 is going to knock the hell out of Moose there. Then you have uh, Raju versus Chris Bay versus Jordan Grace versus TJP versus Trey Miguel versus Willie Mack in a six-way intergender scramble for the Impact X Division Championship. They wouldn't put Jordan Grace in this match for her to lose. She's getting the X Division title. I wonder how TJP feels about that one. Then we have Motor City Machine Guns versus the Good Brothers versus the North versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. I'm going to go with the North. They have a sick Death Valley Driver spine buster move that I really like. So I'm going to just say that they are the, uh, they're going to win. Um, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, much like Ken Shamrock, they're in the twilight of their careers. So they're going to have to do some jobs. Ace Austin, I can see him being a future star, but a future world champion. We need to get him out of the tag division. The Good Brothers, they got one foot in the door and one foot in New Japan. So you don't really want to strap the rocket to them therefore you got to put it on the north deanna peraza versus kylie ray deanna peraza is going to win that one and eric young versus rich swan man i don't know i don't know i want to see it on rich swan so bad i love rich swan i want to see a former cruiserweight champion become the world champion so i'm going to go rich swan here but i gotta be honest guys i don't watch a lot of impact so these are all uh, guesses with my heart and not guesses with my head. Hopefully you can let me know who you want to win or who you think is going to win in the comments. Hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter. Hit me up at JG Picture Taken on Instagram. And if you go on my Instagram, you can look at this sick 
curtain-jerking baseball tees that are flying off the shelves. I just send an order to New York. I sent an order to Raleigh, North Carolina. I sent an order to Asheboro, North Carolina. They're literally flying off the shelves here. Get one for your loved ones for Christmas. It's red. Christmas is you know, red and green. So you're halfway there if you get a curtain jerk and baseball tee. What the fuck are you waiting for? Not a lot of matches announced for Hell in the Cell, but if the G1 shows have taught us anything in this COVID era, less is more. Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Jeff Hardy's a great artist in his own right, or so I'm told, but he ain't got an album dropping this week. Elias has the album dropping this week. That's why he's going to win. And then you got Bailey versus Sasha, the never-ending feud here. This feud literally has been going on since like 2015 or something, since the first ever uh, takeover SummerSlam weekend takeover show. I like Sasha better. I hope she wins. So I'm going with my heart and not my head. I'm picking Sasha Banks. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. The worst thing they can do in this COVID era is change up the title, hot potato the title around. It's on Drew McIntyre. He won at WrestleMania. I would keep it on him until you have a crowd again. So I'm going Drew McIntyre. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the championship. I think Roman Reigns is going to beat the hell out of him. You're going to have Jimmy trying to get into the cell. You're going to have all these guys try to get into the cell. They're not going to be able to get in there, and Roman Reigns is going to get the victory. So that's my predictions for Hell in the Cell. Why don't we jump to the main event of Curtain Jerkin? As you guys know, it's main event. Kicking off with the biggest star of main event here. He's been killing it on main event this whole 2020. Ricochet going up against Graham Metallic with Lince Dorado. Ricochet goes for the pin, gets a zero count. Metallic goes for Hurricane Rana. Ricochet lands on his feet, neck and neck. Pace picks up. Ricochet lands an elbow, lands a chop. Head scissors, drop kick by Metallic. One, two, Ricochet kicks out. Metallic stays on. On him, springboard moonsault by Ricochet, both men down, head scissors off the top, standing shooting star, one, two, metallic kicks out, one, two, ricochet kicks out, moonsault, nobody home, metallic lands on his feet, but ricochet stands up, suplex, kick back, one, two, three, ricochet gets the victory here, solid match, and then we cut to SmackDown, Roman versus Braun, why is Strowman on SmackDown after he went to Raw, who the hell knows, I don't think anyone on the writing team cares, Jey Uso shows up, Roman beats the hell out of Braun with a chair, talking shit to Jey Uso, then we cut to Raw, Lana versus Asuka, Lana taps, Nia Jax attacks her, then Shayna Baszler shows up. These Raw Women Tag Team Champions bore the hell out of me. They even bore me out of being interested in Asuka, which is uncharted territories because I love Asuka. Then we go into Angel Garza versus Humberto. Brothers here. Former tag team partners here. Almost every match I watch on main event, I'm thinking, why the hell is this on main event? But for real, why the hell is this on main event? You could literally give this a two to three week build on Raw and have it open the show for an already depleted card that is hell in the cell. But I digress. I watch main event. I'm not going to complain about 
a match that I'm currently or you know have already watched or currently watching, all you gotta do is turn into main event if you want to see the great matches. Garza with a wrist lock, Humberto slipping out and getting the upper hand. Pace picks up, Humberto slows it back down. Garza hits a super kick and then takes off his pants. You gotta give the ladies what they want. One two, Humberto kicks out. Garza stays on him. Carrillo roll up. One two no. Humberto roll up one two no again with a roll up one two Humberto kicks out this is an awesome match missile drop kick off the top rope by Humberto one two Garza kicks out springboard headbutt by Humberto one two Garza kicks out again then Garza rolls up his brother one two ref catches him he's holding the tights like a damn son of a bitch over here that doesn't stop him from hitting the wing clipper one two three angel garza gets the victory he wins the main event of main event we get randy orton cutting a boring promo in the middle of the ring they're gonna go at it for hell in the cell randy orton better not win that match like i said before you guys better stay tuned to curtain jerkin we got Another episode coming up soon. Let me know in the comments what you thought of this episode. Let me know in the comments of what indie show you want me to review next. As always, guys, fly high. I'm out.